Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast, Season 2. I'm your forever coffee-infused host, Ashley Verma, and we are all here weekly to share the ups, downs, and all-arounds of the wild world of parenting. A safe space, a Lego-free space, to vent, to inspire, and well, perhaps this is the only adult conversation you hear all day. What is Adia doing? A, B, C, D. <laughs> is that funny? So each week, I will be joined by a fellow striving, thriving, and surviving busy mumsy. We learn together. We grow together. Hell, we cheers with an adult bevy when necessary. I get it. I am human and failures simply happen. I am not shiny and I am never filtered unapologetically. I am at its best. Even when the dishes aren't done, there's crayon on the wall, and well, my hair hasn't been washed in forever. I am Busy Mumsy. Welcome back, my beautiful Busy Mumsies. Ash here. Well, today we truly have a special guest, someone whose words and experiences have touched the hearts of mothers globally. She's not just a writer, but a beacon of understanding and insight into the nuanced world of motherhood. Celeste Yvonne effortlessly, can you say that five times fast, (laughs) blends her experiences as a mom with her expertise in marketing. And if you've ever felt the weight of the mental load of motherhood, the pull of mommy wine culture, or the journey of sobriety, you've probably come across her work. Honestly, her Instagram account is phenomenal and uh, definitely is the reason why I reached out to her uh, to have her on the show. With features and esteemed publications like the Washington Post, appearances on Good Morning America and the Today Show, and nods from the Refinery29, she has become a prominent voice in the parenting community. I'm so thrilled to meet Celeste. I'm so thrilled she said yes. So let's dive on into this week's Busy Mumsy Chat. Celeste Yvonne, welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast. Thank you, Ashley. I'm so happy to be here. And officially, my my first person on from Reno, Nevada. I like it. (laughs) I am honored to be here. And (laughs) wait a minute, just don't care. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to share it again because I was telling Yvonne before I pressed record for this uh, busy chat that I have been to Reno, Nevada. And she responded with, I don't know a lot of people that have been to Reno. And I am originally from West Virginia. I'm from Moundsville, West Virginia. And I don't know a lot of people that have been to Moundsville, West Virginia. So I think we're pretty much in the same boat, but on different sides of, the, of America. Absolutely. Yeah, it's Reno definitely has a small town vibe. So when people say they're familiar with it, like they've actually been there, I'm pleasantly surprised. <laughs> it's also a bit of a, I mean, it's a gambling town, right? It is. But, um, you know, if you want to gamble, you really need to go to Vegas. Um, yeah, you do. I don't yeah. know anybody personally who actually lives in Reno and gambles. <laughs> Okay. Well, I will also share with you my, my mom recently went on this out West big tour all up and down all over the place with her, with her boyfriend. And he likes to gamble and you better believe they stopped through Reno. They stopped through Reno and then they went to Vegas. So, you know, they they had the best of both worlds. So there you have it. I love it. You know, 
the Reno's gem, the gem of Reno is we are just a hop, skip and a jump away from Lake Tahoe. So that's yeah, really that's what sets us apart. Um, I would say, and that would be a really good reason to come to Reno. Well, you can go to Lake Tahoe and do a huge celebration there for the launch of your book. It's not about the wine, Celeste. I mean, come on, let's celebrate. This is like your, your year, your month. You are an author, a sobriety coach, a coach of many things as well. But I know that sobriety is that, that is more your wheelhouse, but this book, what does it feel like for you to see your book on the shelves? It is surreal. I mean, this, I've been working on this book for about five years, um, almost as long as I've been sober. This book has been in the works as a very different book. Uh, and it has just evolved and evolved and evolved. And um, as life's evolved, as my book, and as the world has changed drastically over the past couple of years, so has this book. So to actually have it in my hands, to see other people have it in their hands, I'm still not sure if I believe this is real or if we're in an alternate reality. Oh my gosh, I, it, it must be amazing. Well, let's go back first before we really dive into the hows, the whys of the book. Let's go back to you as corporate America transitioning into this certified sober coach. Now, did this come at a time after you had kids or like when did this, like, what was the timeline and what was the meaning behind this transition for you? Yeah. So I was corporate America, you know, queen. Um, uh, I was climbing the ladder. This was my, this is what I wanted to do. This is what I've worked so hard for. You know, I had a, a master's in television production, um, a background in international relations. This is the direction I always anticipated I was going, but then I became a mom and priorities shifted. That whole, you know, finding the balance thing freaked me out because it's impossible, right? We know that now we know there's yeah. no such thing. And it, and it came with no real certification, right? Like, you know, like you, you get the title, but there yeah. was, there's no real big accreditation when you get this title of mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no, uh, there's no owner's manual. There's no instruction from the hospital other than a, a cute little thing about how to put your kid in the car seat, right? I mean, it's mm -hmm. all so new. It's so confusing. confusing. It was very scary. So much changed for me when I became a mom, um, not only around what my goals were in the corporate world, but also at home. Uh, who am I? Who is this person who I always thought I knew the direction I wanted to go, but so much shifted within me internally after becoming a mom that it really shook me up. And not necessarily for the better, you know, there was a lot of postpartum depression and anxiety going on. Um, and I was drinking to quell a lot of that. Uh, so what happened was I realized corporate America really wasn't the direction I aspired to. It took me a while to get there. 
Uh, but I also realized I could not keep drinking the way I drank and parent the way I want to parent. Uh, so I wound up quitting drinking. I stuck it out in the corporate world where basically my heart just wasn't in it anymore. I, I was not passionate about it. I did not have any direction to where I saw this going. And I think that was around the time where I was like, you know what? Peace out. I, I, I need to... I need to change the direction I'm going. And but was that the first time, though, that you saw yourself sober in the in the corporate world as well? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're a new mom, and you're newly sober. Yeah, and so you're two brand new identities. Because let's really be real about this: if you are someone that overconsumes, you do turn into a different person. I can put my hands up and say yes. Have I gone on on binge drinking and? and feel so disconnected and know that myself as a friend, as a daughter, as a mom, all of that completely gets mashed up all of it. Yeah. So I can't, I, you might, you literally must've stopped dead in your tracks and went, Oh my gosh, I'm a completely different Celeste period. Yeah. It was a come to Jesus moment where I was like, I can't keep going this direction. And and be able to look myself in the mirror. Uh, but it also, you know, not only did, so that was the start of my sobriety. I still clung to corporate America for a little bit longer, but that's when I think I realized that I could not be sober and live sober in corporate America because I was drinking to quell the anger and the rage and the frustration of so many things, but that included the workplace and the way the system set up, the way that I was always going to be in this middle management position, the, the chances of me actually getting to, you know, the, the C-suite were probably never going to happen. And, and also truthfully, I wasn't sure that's where I wanted to be anymore anyway. So when I quit drinking and started to really reflect on what is this life I want to live? Who is this person I want to be? Uh, what drives me? So much change because I wasn't numbing anything out anymore. So you enter the land of mommyville, of parentville, and that in itself comes with the, well, it's wine o'clock somewhere. Well, it's, you know, we, I, I mean, I, I actually got one of those silly mugs as a, as a new mom that had like the wine glass on it and the, the whole thing. And it's like, the terminology is out there and it kind of comes with the, with, with the territory of like, Oh, you just had your baby. Well, you must've had a glass of wine or two after that child. You know what I mean? So, so you, you, you've left the corporate world, the, the corporate world and you're sober, but you're still in this world and forever of parenting. So how then was it for you to manage that side of the narrative the best you can? I mean, I'm, I'm, I have no doubt that you found an even more exquisite you because we're taking away a layer that slows us down, makes us disconnect. It makes us irritable. I'm not a scientist, but I'm pretty confident I'm saying the right things. <laughs> yeah. No, you're on to it. Um, so I've seen both sides of mommy wine culture. And when I define mommy wine culture, I define it as the social narrative that is playfully implying 
mothers need alcohol to cope with the challenges of parenting. I'm not mm -hmm. speaking specifically to someone who happens to be a mom enjoying an occasional glass of wine. So that's, I want, I want to be clear in that because I think there is a distinction when you are kind of throwing this narrative that is essentially arguing our kids are the reason we drink versus right. just a person who likes to have a glass of wine on occasion. That's, right. that's the big difference. And I've been on both sides of it, meaning I have been a new mom using mommy wine culture as justification for me to drink. Um, and then when I quit drinking, I was the newly sober mom seeing this uh, frustrating message that new moms are given that all we need essentially to get through the problems and navigate motherhood is wine. It's not a great message to be sending to especially new mothers, but any mothers. It's also a wrong, it's not a great message to be sending to our children. Um, right. And that is where I felt like I, I needed to start speaking up about it because there's more people involved than just the mom who is, you know, shouting from the rooftops. My kids are the reason I drink mommy wines because my kids whine, you know, all the different messages you've seen uh, playfully posted on the internet or available at a target near you. I say, I was like, yeah, I've seen the t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and if you go on Etsy, it's just, you can find Everywhere. it. You can find onesies that say I'm the reason mommy drinks. I mean, it is, it's everywhere. And once I got sober, this did not feel so harmless anymore. Uh, and I started to kind of see the message this is sending mothers, the message this is sending children. And it was minimizing the early motherhood experience and the challenges that come with it and minimizing it in a way that we need to be talking about those challenges. We need to be talking about changes we need to see systemically and at the community level and on the home front and not be brushing it off as, oh, mommy just needs a glass of wine. I, I mean, I, for one, can say when I was back living in London um, and when I had my daughter, my husband then came back to uh, Uganda where I sit now, but he was traveling so much and I would find myself on days after a very stressful day of being by myself, not talking to anyone, not feeling a real connection. Like, yes, I would talk to my mom on the phone and my friends back in, in the States, but it wasn't that like one-to-one, -one, like seeing that other adult, that other sidekick or someone to feel like I could truly lean on. And I could have some days where I was like, oh, wow, I'm three glasses in. Mm -hmm. I'm three glasses of wine in. And yet I did. And what you already hit on was like, it's thrown out into society that it's okay. It's a, it, it's like, you're the butt of the joke, if you will. You are you are that t-shirt. So I, I did find myself and I would talk to my mom about it. I'm like, this isn't good. Like, well, I need to get like something else like, I need to change my five o'clock now. So at five o'clock, we're going to go for a walk. We're going to go to the park. We're going to make ourselves busy. And then I'm going to go to bed probably when she goes to bed so that I'm not 
living in muck so I feel good the next day. Like I would never classify myself as, as having a problem, but when I look back on those times when I was really by myself and didn't have anyone to lean on, it was very easy to lean on a glass or two or three of red. It's so easy to go there. And in yeah. motherhood, when you have justification like that and you are, I mean, it can be a very lonely place to be even when you are, I mean, you're always surrounded by people, but these people are, you know, three and under and it can feel very isolating. I remember the walls were caving in on me and to start a drinking habit uh, that feels very innocent, but slowly progresses over time because, you know, addictions, alcoholism is a progressive disease. Uh, as your tolerance grows, you need more to feel the same effects. So what used to be, you know, what started for me as a glass turned to two, turned to three. And then I'm at a point where I am drinking an entire bottle of my, by myself and feels okay because I'm in control. I still feel in control. I feel like I'm only buzzed the same way I used to get buzzed on one drink. So it feels it feels like I, I can handle it. Now, me realizing my husband is going to notice that I drank an entire bottle of wine by myself in the, in the evening, though he doesn't understand. I have a high tolerance. This isn't bad. I, I feel in control. I start hiding the empty bottles. And it just progresses like that. And it feels so innocent. You know, you feel like it's okay. I've got this. I know this. I did this. I, I did my list. I yeah. did my list today, right? And I I was there for pickup and I was there for this, but and my list was done, so it's okay. Right. And it's just you start to justify things you never would have justified even just a couple years prior. And um that's where you know the lines get fuzzy. That's where I got before I got to the point where I was like, I got to stop this or the lines are going to get so low that I will not recognize myself anymore. Who are you now? Uh, I am a sober mom. I'm five and a half years sober. Uh, I'm a founding host of the Sober Mom Squad. I lead meetings a couple times a week to other mothers who are either in recovery or want to quit drinking. And I recently got my uh, recovery certification uh, to coach. Uh, so yeah, I've made so many changes in my life. I quit corporate America. Um, I write, uh, I write, I put my, I just throw my heart on the computer screen and I push publish <laughs> for better or worse. And th this is my life now. I just, I just do the things. And how does it feel to be so present, to be so present mentally and physically for your family, but, and more importantly for you? This is a game changer. The, the amount, everyone has mom guilt, right? Everyone carries mom guilt. The mom guilt of being a mom with a drinking problem, I can't put into words how heavy that is. Uh, the daily, you know, pain and suffering of going to bed in the evening or waking up in the morning, knowing I am not 
been for my children, what I've always wanted to be, you know, I've always wanted to be a mother and here I am not being fully present for this experience to lose that guilt, to burn that guilt, you know, um, is it's changed my life. I mean, just that alone, but also to actually be present for my children, to be able to be uh, accountable for everything I do and say, I've, I know for most people, they're probably like, who isn't accountable for all they do and say? If somebody somebody who has a drinking problem doesn't feel fully accountable for their bodies and their actions because they have blurry moments from evenings where they drank too much. And to get that back to, to feel like I stand by everything I do and say at any given moment is powerful to me. It, it, it makes all the difference in the world. Well, now that you've had your power, when was the moment to decide to write, to take pen to paper, to write your book, to, to write your story, it's not about the wine, and to, to speak to a higher level, a higher volume of people to get out your experience. I mean, can you just go back to the hows, the whys, when this all transpired? Because now we are looking at a published book that is out to the masses now. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a funny story because it start, my, my first book was supposed to be a parenting book. Uh, it was going to be called the ultimate mom challenge. And it was to be, it, it was going to be about my one year journey uh, in an attempt to be the ultimate mom. And each month I would do something different. I had a month where I focused on being more fit, one where I tried to meditate, one where I tried to um, be more eco-friendly. I mean, like I had all these different things of what would make me this ultimate mom. And at the very end of the year, when I'm finishing up this one-year experiment, I'm going to make it into a book, I quit drinking in a totally different spin of events. Um, and I didn't realize these two are connected, but of course, yeah, in hindsight, it, they're perfectly connected. And it wasn't until I was one year sober that I wrote a post to my followers telling everybody, you know, I, I've been keeping this a secret. I didn't know what direction this is going to go, but I'm one year sober. I've never felt better. And then I kind of I kind of chopped the stigmas of what addiction can look like um, by saying, do I look like I was somebody who had a drinking problem? Do I look like somebody who didn't have her act together? Um, because I am and I was. Um, so, you know, let's end the stigma of what addiction looks like. Let's break through this. Let's um, let's let me show you what sobriety can and is doing in my own life. And I posted that thinking, okay, now back to normal. You know, I've always just been a motherhood writer in my spare time. Uh, but my agent who was helping me with this first ultimate mom book, she read the post and she called me and she's like, you got to put that other book aside because this is your first book. And that's really what the whole thing stemmed from. Uh, just me starting to kind of describe my sober journey while also seeing why women are drinking more than ever, because we are statistically, it's showing that women in this 35 to 50 age range are drinking more than ever. Uh, we're having more deaths that are alcohol related 
for women than ever. And why, how do we get here? Uh, what is going on? And it's not just because the alcohol industry is advertising more to women. It's a lot bigger than that. So I really dug in and researched why are mothers in this place where we feel so depleted, so exhausted that we are turning to alcohol to cope? And it's another hand of it depletes you. It makes you so foggy, so tired, so broken out, like all of the things that when we wake up the next day, we don't want to see anyways. And then we turn on to, we turn into that hamster wheel, right? We turn yes. into that vicious cycle. What through this process, and I'm sure it's within your book as well with the journey of sobriety and like what it means to you and what is that message that you're trying to, I mean, I don't want to say the word preach because I, I don't want it to, I, I know that that's not what you're trying to come across as, but it's educate and it's, mm -hmm. you know, to instill in others that it's okay to be sober. It's almost, it's, it's a very scary word. Like it's a very scary word to say, well, at Christmas, what, what am I going to do when I go to that Christmas party? Like right. what am I going to do? Most people don't know somebody in their life who is sober, not publicly. Um, so it can be a very scary thing to be like, am I going to be the only person not drinking wherever it is with whoever it is? Uh, that was how it was for me too. I'm like, I'm going to be the only, I'm going to be these, you know, just this, the weirdo in the corner who's just slurping Diet Coke. And, um, the, the book is bad and it's not just for people who don't want to drink. It's, it's also to help mothers understand why we are in this place where uh, we are using these mommy needs wine means to cope. You know, why do, why are mothers in such a dire place right now where it feels like uh, we have nothing, we have nothing to support us except supposedly some wine at the end of the night. Uh, and how did we get here and how do we get out of here? Uh, but I also do want people to understand that sobriety isn't deprivation, it's liberation. Uh, it is not you losing, you know, I, when I first quit drinking, I was like, I lost my seat at the adult table and I am doomed to the kids table for the rest of my life. It's not like that. And doesn't have to feel like that. And I really want people to understand how and what this can look like. And through the book, what, what, um, what are some other highlights that you hope message wise, the reader gets through their, their journey of reading your book? Yeah. So what I hope women mothers understand when they're reading this book is the, how did we get here? Uh, what are some of the things that are putting us in this place where we just feel so depleted at the end of the day? And, you know, things like the mental load of motherhood, the unequal distribution of home at labor uh, home. Uh, then, you know, you look at the corporate structure, uh, these 40 hour work weeks, uh, maternal uh, leave, 
I mean, just the la we don't even have it in the U.S. It, we don't have a federal policy for maternity leave. I mean, things like this, they all add up. And then you add these impossible parenting standards where mothers are expected to do it all, do it well and not ask for help. Um, these are some of the reasons we have gotten to this place. And then what to do about it, showing mothers how to cope with some of these stressors without alcohol. How to fix like this? What, like, what would be an example of like, what could you do to cope? Like, do you have like top five tips, strategies of like, what, what would you pick that really helped you that you would love to share? Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the biggest things, the biggest game changer in my own life was a redistribution of chores at home. I know that sounds funny, but right now, women still take on the majority of household labor and responsibilities, even if they are going back to work. Um, there's still this gendered norms and roles that we have uh, that a lot of couples go into parenthood without having these conversations about. And until you have that conversation about here's what needs to change and here's what it needs to look like, if I'm not, if I'm not gonna be drowning, um, until you can get there, then you will feel like you're drowning. So that's just one example. Mm. Well, now that the book is out, what is, I, I mean, I'm going to have to ask what is in the pipeline now, Celeste, because the book is out. Are you, are you back to the ultimate challenge? Are you wanting to do a, a, the next part to your, your first book? Like what, what, are you going on tour, Celeste? Are you going on tour? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no it's idea what's next. It actually feels really fun to not know what's next. Um, you know, I feel like I have different options. I could write another book. I could really dig into my recovery coaching, or I could take a larger role with Sober Mom Squad. I don't know, but... Um, Ever since, you know, I quit my corporate job, um, my options feel really exciting and um, they don't feel limiting in the same way that they used to. So I'm kind of just enjoying this moment right now of not knowing what's next. And with your kids, are they, uh, how old are your kids? They're seven and nine. Do they know? Do they know like a little bit of your journey? Okay. So how they do. And what is their response to your ups and your downs and where you are as the glorious mom that you are? Yeah. I mean, in my life, I feel like I am really encouraging just sober positivity um, that mommy doesn't drink and there's nothing wrong with that. They, their dad drinks. So they see that you can do either, like one isn't right over another, one isn't wrong over another, that there's different ways to live life. And I just love that. I love that we show them that somebody who is living without alcohol is still having a beautiful, fun, um, exciting life, that they get to see that. Because I promise you, if I was still drinking, they would not be seen the mommy they're seeing now. So it's a beautiful moment of growth that I get to show them by example. 
Um, and they know, I mean, they, kids recognize uh, alcohol and alcohol use as early as age three. So there is no time that's really too young to start having these age appropriate conversations around alcohol. Um, and my kids get to grow up knowing their mothers in recovery uh, for having a drinking problem. And I want that to, I want them to know that without shame or stigma, because all they know from it and all they've seen come out of it is beautiful things. I honestly just love your absolute raw sincerity and for being so unapologetic and helping so many. So thank you so much for your time. Everyone go buy her book. Everyone get it on Amazon, order it now. And um, it's in the show notes as well. So there will be links there. So, so please head there as well. And Celestia Vaughn, thank you so much for your time, your words of wisdom and coming on the Busy Mumsy podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this week's show. Did you like it, Adia? Yeah. Oh, the enthusiasm. I love it. Please share your love by giving us a five-star rating, a rockin' review, and please share with any fellow Busy Mumsies. We love hearing from you. So if you want to get in touch, head to the Busy Mumsy show notes for further details and links to the Busy Mumsy website. So long for now. Can you say bye-bye, Adia? Bye-bye, Adia. Bye-bye, Adia.